This morning's reading comes from Nehemiah chapter 8. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all those who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon, as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him, on his right, stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah and Masai. And on his left were Pediah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashum, Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord and the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Banai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiai, Masai, Kelita, Azaria, Josabad, Hanan and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Amen. In our series called The Return, we've been looking at what we can learn from the ways in which God's people return from their time in exile. And I've drawn some helpful insights over these past weeks about how we as a church transition into a new normal. Chapter 8 of Nehemiah describes a great assembly in Jerusalem just a few days after the walls of the city had been rebuilt and repaired. It was a gathering of those who had survived the exile in Babylon and who had now returned to make their home in Judah. It was a time of deep significance after the many long years spent apart. And so they spend time listening and responding to the word of God in very similar ways as we do as a church. 
and we'll look at these in some more detail later on in the service and see how these can help shape our gatherings either as mini church or as a whole. At this stage of the pandemic many churches are considering how their communities will return to a new normal and what that will look like. In particular churches are asking questions about the significance placed on in-person gatherings given that the provision of online church content is now much more available. We have said throughout this past year that we have hugely benefited from the expertise of our tech team and the equipment to be able to have our church presence online and it has undoubtedly helped keep us connected. And across the UK, churches who have been able to produce content online have reported increases in the numbers of people accessing online worship services and, like us, even alpha courses. Technology has literally opened the doors of our churches for the world to see and it's been such a positive way of giving people a snapshot of what the life of a church family looks like and what faith in Jesus Christ is all about. It has also been an amazing window for those looking to explore faith but who have been too daunted to physically cross the threshold of an unfamiliar church building. And for these reasons we will hope to continue our online presence in some ways going forward into our new normal. But the challenge to us both now and once the pandemic is over is to rekindle that desire to meet and engage in person once again as a community. We're called in this season to think about the nature of the church and think through the purpose of in-person presence. So before we begin to explore some of this, here's Ruth Lloyd to share some of her thoughts on church over this past year and looking to the future. Good morning. I've been asked to share my experience of the difference between church online and being physically present in the building. For me, with church online, there's a danger of becoming a bit too comfortable and a bit passive. When we first moved to online services over a year ago, it was hard not having the same interaction with people or joining together in worship in person. But as the weeks went on, it became easier to enjoy church as a consumer. I could wear my jammies if I wanted to, eat snacks, didn't have to stand up to sing or even join in the singing if I didn't want to. It's much easier to see yourself as a bit of a spectator, fed by the service but not playing an active part in it. Being physically present in church reminds us that we have to choose to involve ourselves, to participate in the community that God has created us to be in. It can be easy to forget that we all have a role to play in the life of the church. We're not just here to be ministered to by the ministry team. It can be quite overwhelming to think about jumping straight back into the full-on life of the church, but the gradual easing of restrictions means that we're naturally being eased into it. Thank you to Ruth for that honest reflection. I can definitely relate to the ease of church from the couch. Our hope as a church is that as we continue our return in line with restrictions, that we will be a people who value being physically present with each other again, because we can see the purpose and power of physical presence. So in what ways can the assembly of God's people described in Nehemiah speak to us about this and our return to in-person church in its many forms? 
Well, firstly, the text shows us that everyone who gathered was a participant in worship rather than just part of an audience. As the Torah was being read by Ezra, the people participated by responding to what they were hearing. Verses five and six describe people standing up while it was being read, shouting amen, raising their hands, bowing down and lying face down on the floor. And they also actively participated by asking questions if they didn't understand. Ezra had the men from the tribe of Levi, the ones with the complicated names, on hand, as verse eight says, to explain it and to give insight so that everyone was able to understand it. And in many ways, we as a church replicate this active participation and discussion through our life groups just now. But I do find that participation is much more natural and spontaneous when we are able to meet in person. And the challenge with online church services on our TV or smartphone is that we become, can become much more passive rather than active in our worship. Many Christian leaders are asking whether an online model of church risks reducing church to being just a once a week service that we consume like an audience, like entertainment, rather than being an authentic community in which we are all participants alongside our fellow believers. I don't know about you, but I try to sing in worship along with the Sunday worship songs, but more often than not, I just end up watching. Not that Dave doesn't have a good singing voice, but it's just not the same as when I'm worshiping in song alongside all of you. And while we have absolutely made the best of our online reality, there is still a limit as to how we can fully participate. In recent months, I have loved being able to get along to in-person groups through the week and being able to pray, chat, discuss and play when there's been children about in a way which online hasn't been able to fulfill. The life of the church in its nature is participatory and in-person gatherings make this so much more possible. Furthermore, we see that the in-person gathering in Jerusalem was a catalyst for participating in the care of others, as we see people responding to each other's needs in acts of service through hospitality. Ezra says in verse 10, go eat rich food, drink sweet drinks, and send helpings to those who have nothing prepared, because the day is holy to our Lord. And verse 12 says, in response, the entire people went to eat and drink and send helpings and make great celebration because they understood the things that had been made known to them. As a result of this gathered in-person time of teaching and worship, the people were reminded of their role in caring for those who weren't among them, and they consequently sent provisions to those in need. I often find that someone is noticeable by their absence and I've missed not being able to look around a room at our gatherings and just make note of who's all there or not. As a church, we have made caring for each other a priority over this past year, but it's so much harder to gauge who's missing and to respond as a community who cares in these practical ways if we are only online. So as we recognise the purpose of physical presence, Let's make our end goal of our return as a church to be a people, people who fully participate in the life of our worshipping and serving community. Hebrews 10 encapsulates this so well. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some people are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching.
Secondly, we see that the assembly described at Jerusalem is both inclusive and intergenerational, with men, women and children all present at the same time. As one commentator John Goldengate puts it, the teaching groups are not divided by sex or age. Learning is a family business and a whole community business. People gather as one person to listen to the Torah. They are one in connection with worship and one in connection with listening. I love this beautiful picture. As a church, we are so blessed to have every generation represented and we have enjoyed throughout our online services ministry from our youngest to the oldest and everyone in between. As John mentioned last week, we have really embraced the idea of the priesthood of all believers. But the problem with being online is that many are still missing out. Research over the past year has shown that some people remain digitally excluded for many reasons, including no access to the required technology because of lack of finance or know-how, or because children and young people struggle with on-screen engagement and interaction. But the church, when it's gathered in person, offers a real intergenerational community like no other. In-person gatherings are where we can experience and enjoy the insight, wisdom and energy that each generation brings. And we can build deep relationships which guide us on our faith journey. The great in-person assembly in Jerusalem points us to an inclusive, intergenerational and physically present model for our return, which we can all experience together. And thirdly, when we gather in person as church, we experience a fullness of joy in God that can't in the same way be experienced if we're separated and present via a screen. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I've often thought of this phrase only on an individual basis, thinking about the joy of the Lord being my strength. But the word your is in the plural form, meaning that the joy of the Lord is our strength, together as one. The celebration of God here, encouraged by Ezra, is about the collective strength we gain in worship together. There is power in gathering together. In Matthew 18 verse 20, Jesus says, For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Now, many of us have experienced Jesus' powerful presence when we've connected online with each other, as God's spirit is not limited. But there is something about being physically present which adds another dimension. God, from the beginning of time, hardwired us to work best in physical community. And a few months ago, I learned a fascinating fact about our physical bodies. The human heart produces an electromagnetic energy as it beats. And this energy is so powerful that it reaches up to three feet beyond the body, which can be detected in another person. Research is currently being done measuring the interaction of this energetic field between people. But basically, science is proving what in one sense we've known all along. That being physically present with each other is profoundly significant and changes us. Our hearts literally feel each other. And when those hearts belong to God, the experience of joy for us and the potential for reaching other hearts with the joy and love of Jesus is unlimited. 
So as we continue on our journey of the return as a church, whether our gatherings are small or large, let's remember the purpose and power of being together in person. Because when we do, we maximise being participants in worship and serving others. We maximise being inclusive and intergenerational and experiencing the fullness of the joy of the Lord as our strength. By gathering in person, our hearts are magnetised by each other's presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit to carry out the good deeds that he has laid before us to do and reflect the nature of the God we serve, a community of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And now in the spirit of participation and blessing each other, let's say the grace together. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.